Welcome back in listeners to a fantastic new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a really great show to share with you today. We have the writer and performer Billy Anderson joining us to talk to us about the upcoming performance of The Lady of the Camillas, which is playing June 15th through the 25th, that's Thursday through Sunday at 6.30 p.m. at Castle Clinton National Monument at the Battery. Tickets are available at the door at 5.45 p.m. on the day of the performance, and more information is available at shakespeardowntown.org. With that, let's go ahead and welcome in our guest, Billy. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am at the show, not only because of the show itself, it's an, it's an adaptation, I think, of an original work, but as we were talking, it is so cool that you all are putting on the show at Castle Clinton. I don't think a lot of people know that after you know Castle Clinton... I guess was retired as a fort, it turned into a performance venue. And it had a lot of famous people, including, and I, I'm forgetting her name again, P.T. Barnum's Jenny. Jenny Lynn. Jenny Lynn. I was like the yeah, the opera singer. Yeah. The, the famous Swedish opera singer. And most people know it today as where you go to buy your circle line tickets, but you all are doing this fabulous show in this beautiful venue, this historic venue. I love it. This is so, it's, it's marrying history with theater. I'm all agog about this. So let me start by asking you, can you tell us a bit about this show, The Lady of the Camillas? Yes. Well, this is actually our seventh season at Castle Clinton for Shakespeare Downtown. And what happened was during, actually during the pandemic, because you and I were talking about how difficult it was for everyone. And I had always, the novel by Alexandre Dumas, The Lady of the Camellias, is one of my favorite novels. And I co-founded Shakespeare Downtown with my husband. He's a much older acting teacher teaching at Strasbourg. And he was actually my first acting teacher. And so in the a long time ago, I, I started reading books out loud to him. And it was the first novel I ever read to him because it was one of my favorite novels. And so I found it very moving. And then Alexander Dumas, he wrote a play of his novel. He actually wrote it in eight days. And it's a part that I've always wanted to play, Marguerite Gaultier. A lot of wonderful, famous actresses played it. Sarah Bernhardt made it famous. Eleanor Duza played it. Isabelle Huppert did the, a film of it. I mean, Isabella Johnny. I mean, it's a very... And then there's La Traviata is based on the same story. And my favorite opera and my favorite performer is Maria Callas. So the 1955 opera that Visconti directed with Maria Callas and Giuseppe Giuseppino is my favorite opera. And so during the pandemic, because everybody was locked down, I thought I started posting videos on Instagram for little like opera, ballet, anything just to do it. And there's a ballet of it, La Dame aux Camélias. With the French opera, two, two, uh, Agnes Letestu and uh, Stéphane Bouillon. And so I started looking at the little minute clips and I thought, well, I, should I, I, I've always wanted to do it. Should I start? And so I had never written a play. And, and so the novel is different than the play. The play is kind of old fashioned, not really, you can't really do it. And so then I asked my husband, he was like, well, why don't you just take the text from the novel, type it all out and start with that? 
And so that's how I started the adaptation. And then I took part, I'd say a third of it is from the libretto of La Traviata. So it's a mix of the novel and the text from the La Traviata. And then there's a few little singing parts where the like uh, Armand, the male lead, sings a toast to me since I'm playing Marguerite. And the actors during the party scene, while they're drinking and partying, sing the chorus parts. So then I worked on it for three years and put it on the schedule. So that's sort of how it happened. Wow. Wow. What a journey. So let me ask what in, I mean, you mentioned that you, you love this story. You, you yeah. love that you love the women who have played it before. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to turn this show to update this show, I guess is what I'm asking. And why? Mm-hmm. Well, as an actress, you know, I was in class a lot, a long time studying and, and I don't, you know, when you're in class, you hear other, you hear these parts that you're dying to play. And it, it becomes this thing where I, I, it's like, for me, it's like, I have to play a certain part. I have to do it. And it was one of the first parts that really, really moved me. And I really wanted to play it. And that the play, it just, it, at the time, you know, Alexander Dumas wrote this, and I think it's 1852. So it was very daring back then because no one wrote about a courtesan. And this was his real life lover, a real life affair. And people back then, the plays were never about people like that, only about, you know, kings and queens, high, you know, never the the lower life thing, even though she was the most expensive courtesan in Paris. And so it's not low in that sense. But and the the novel is sort of a memoir of Alexandre Dumas. His father was very famous, you know, the Count of Monte Cristo and Three Musketeers. But this was his real life passionate love affair with Marie Duplessis, who died of tuberculosis at age 23. And he was so moved by it, he wrote the true story of their tragic love affair. And so it's this wonderful, great part that I was dying to do. And I'd always wanted to do it. And it was only because during the pandemic that I had time to do it. So it was a calling for me to do it. It wasn't it wasn't about, oh, well, what's going on now? It was just the certain parts that call out to you. It was just that. Fantastic. So this is the world premiere of this particular production. Yes. And I'm assuming you've been in rehearsals getting ready for it. Yes, we're in rehearsal. (laughs) What has it been like developing it and putting it on its feet? Well, it's very strange, you know, like I, because the Dumas is the, you know, I adapted it, but, and then the, the Bretus for Verdi for the opera was Piave. I wondered because it's, I took all this and I did take some from the play to his Dumas play, but I wondered if I would be anxious because it's their, their writing. I just put it all together and no one has ever used Traviata with Dumas novel or play. No one has mixed it, even though it's the same story. And I didn't know if I would be very anxious about it, but actually I am. (laughs) So it's, it's strange, you know, to, it's something I've wanted to do for such a long time. And then to hear all the actors doing it. And then like last night we had a rehearsal. I don't sing, but the singing teacher has come in to help the actors with the, the two toasts that the men sing in the chorus. It was very strange and moving to hear him playing Traviata on the piano and the, 
the actors are singing like actors, not like opera singers. So they're singing a cappella. So it was, it's uh, it's very strange. It's moving, but it's it's very strange. And we're opening next week. And Marguerite Gaultier, the part that I've always wanted to play, is a very large part. So it's very, it's strange. It's nerve wracking. <laughs> it's exciting, but it's it's I, I it's nerve wracking because I you know you never. It, it seems good, I think, but you have to, you never, you know, you never know how things will turn out. I think it will be very good, but, you know, I don't know. I've never written a play. <laughs> you never know until you get that missing cast member, the audience. Yes. So is there a message or a thought you're hoping that the audience walks away with? Well, in this play and in the opera, you know, the opera is probably, you know, if not the most popular opera in the world, it is very popular. But she she's a, a, a person, a fallen woman, if you will. And the play is about redemption and about sacrifice. It's very moving, you know, for the, there's an so for redemption or whatever, you know, I think that's sort of that doesn't have a, a time period, you know, it's something that most people can relate to. And so she redeems herself before the world and most importantly before God by giving up the man that she loves because it will ruin his future. So it's really about sacrifice. And I think, you know, most people can understand it. And certainly everyone that's in the arts can understand sacrifice because all of us know to be part of this calling, profession or whatever, it requires a tremendous sacrifice. Basically, if you want to do it, you kind of have to sacrifice most everything if you really want to do it because it's very difficult. So it's something that everyone can understand. I think it's it's just for something you love, you make every sacrifice that there is. I love that. It's a wonderful, wonderful thought. And Wrapping up this first part, who do you hope have access to the show? You know, I, I did start this with my husband, who's Jeffrey Horn. He's he's an actor studio member. He was he's he was in Bridge on the River Kwai. He was in Bonjour Tristesse. He was in the movies in the fifties. He was on Broadway and off Broadway, and he knew Kazan. He worked with all the Geraldine Page, all these great actors, and so. He trained, uh, it's all the actors are method actors from the school because we have a relationship with the school where he teaches. And so when I found it, I wanted to found a theater. We, we live down by the seaport. And so I found one night when I was walking the castle. And, you know, I love Joe Papp, Shakespeare in the Park. I, I absolutely, one of the, I wish I had met him. He's a, such a great person and he changed it for everyone that there's now free Shakespeare in every community. But, you know, it's hard to get tickets. You know, it's very, it's hard, you know, like we went and we couldn't wait, you know, you had to pay, like, it's just very difficult. And so to have like a free Shakespeare in the park for classical theater at a castle in lower Manhattan, the show is for everyone. It's free. You don't have to live in lower Manhattan and, you know, the tickets are available. We have you know, 250 seats a night. So it really is for everyone. That was the intention, that it be free. Anyone who wants to see theater. And because I grew up, never know, I'm from the South. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. And I had never seen a play. I never knew anything about it. And so it's transformed my life. 
And so you never know. I remember I saw Patti LuPone uh, in Masterclass and Maria Collins is my favorite performer. I was so moved. It was uh, the best experience I've ever had in the theater. And so it's just to have access, you never know what will move you, what will change your life. And even the people involved, you know, a lot of them, some of the smaller part actors have never been in a play. So it's, it's for not only the audience, but for everyone involved. Our second part of our interview, we always give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more, kind of on a personal level. And I want to kick things off by asking you, what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or even shows inspire you? Or are some of your favorites? I remember I went to, I went to Barnard University, Barnard College, and then I went to Strasbourg. And I went to Strasbourg because I read something about Lee Strasberg and these great method actors like Geraldine Page and Kim Stanley and Ben Gazzara and psychological realism, all of it, it really appealed to me. And also Marilyn went there. I can't, that was like a big deal. I love Marilyn. And so that she studied with Lee, that was actually the, the thing that made me think of it first. I loved her and the pictures that Bert Stern took, the, the photographer of Marilyn at the last sitting, like in my college room, I had a, a picture of that. And then actually I wrote him a letter and I worked with him for a couple of years with Bert Stern taking pictures. And so I had this thing about Marilyn, but then there was also all these other actors that I really admired. So I went to Strasbourg and then my first teacher was my husband and he introduced not only acting to me since I had never seen a play and I didn't understand what acting was. I really had no, I have a lot of stage, it's better, but I had a lot of stage fright a lot of fear. And I wanted to be an actress since the first day, but I was, I was terrified and frozen and paralyzed. And I, I guess it was a calling. I was willing to suffer through my fear, which was a long, painful thing, like years and years. And then as part of it, he introduced an opera to me and classical music. And I sort of, I come from a difficult background. So I sort of transformed my whole life. Like, I quit drinking. I, I, I did nothing but study and do all these things. And the first recording he ever gave me was of Maria Callas, and it was uh, her singing Carmen. And it made this huge impression on me, an artist like that, willing to dedicate herself completely. And, you know, I'd never heard opera. And so it was sort of like a slow evolution like that. So even though it's not straight acting, I would say Maria Callas is the form of it. If you read about her, her dedication, the way that she works is so tremendously great. And then the ballet, too. Kind of going along with that, I know you've been busy with rehearsals, but have you seen any theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Well, unfortunately, because I run the company and acting in the play and wrote the play and writing the grants and everything else. I have not been out in quite some time. Like it's it's sort of like 
when you're running the company, it's just, it, it's a, it's a full, it's every day of the week, sort of. And especially once the, in January, it starts, you know, it starts. So I want to, but definitely, you know, usually not until the fall, will I be able to go see, I, I don't have any free time, you know, even just right. I mean, nothing, zero, even writing the play. I, I joined this writer's group, this writer's pod by these two women who started it, which might be interesting to uh, people. And it's called the, it, they call it the pod. And it was once a week in the fall. Anyone can, you know, you join, you pay. And it's, it's like the first one I did was three months and you go on Zoom once a week. And it's like a writer's group. You bring whatever you have and there's some little exercises. And it was wonderful for anyone writing a show that was looking for, it's a it was transformative and that's where the idea came for me to put this show on the schedule for Shakespeare downtown and once I put it on the schedule I was able to finish it because once you have a deadline it, it changes everything so I was working but <laughs> I haven't seen anything I was working I heard other people in the class their work but I <laughs> that's the extent of me going out that's fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? It's acting, actually. You know, it, it, it is a calling. It's something it's something that happens to you. Like, you know, I I, I can't remember who the, who the man was, but he, he would talk about it more for athletes, like that feeling of being in the zone. And so like when you when things are going well and you're connected to the part and uh, the, the feeling is it's not ecstasy but it's something like that it's something outside of yourself it's something and that feeling so if for me like if I could you know the goal if you could be alive every moment in your part which is if you know I'm just that you work on that before the show after the show whatever that feeling that feeling of something more important than you something something spiritual I guess that makes all the rest of it worth it and and it was like it was Maria Callas like hearing her sing and other great actors Marta Brando is my favorite actor but when you are in art in music and acting when you are taken beyond something else that's my favorite experience so it's that that's what I like the best it even if you have a moment, so you remember it forever, the moment. That's wonderful. That is a great lead into my favorite question, which is what is your favorite theater memory? My favorite theater, well, we, we've done a lot of plays and the first, the first time I did Shakespeare, I did, we did Romeo and Juliet at the, at Strasbourg. And I wasn't very good. I hadn't been trained in Shakespeare. I'd done other plays. And then my husband said, you have to go do voice work. Andrea Herring is a wonderful Linkletter teacher. And so it's that part. I don't know why. It wasn't a part that I, I didn't see myself that way. But the poetry and the language of it is so moving and so beautiful that after the show, I became obsessed with doing it again because I wasn't very good. And so then that's what led me to help to find to, to form the company, because then I started to work on Juliet every day for seven years with my husband, every single day. 
her speeches are so and so then it took me three years to to form to get permission raise the money for the castle clinton the shakespeare downtown and so then when we did the play it was our first season when i was playing juliet after all that work on the stage at castle clinton and this time juliet really gets to speak to the real moon you know the 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 stars were out the real sun all of it it was it was that to be for her to, to really talk to all these things after all this work and standing on the stage the wind is blowing you know and we do it in period costumes and so the castle also when i first saw it it felt like it was like the capulets the capulets house and so it was that the total experience of it it was a tremendous amount of work but it was this calling that i had and i had to do it and so it was that that's amazing. I love that. What a wonderful memory. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Are there any other projects or productions that you or your company have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Well, we only have one one play every June. So right now, you know, we haven't decided definitely for, for next season. You know, we we start thinking about it and we start looking at, you know, the actors and what we can do and all that but we're only able at this point to do one show a year every june so we're and then it, even though it's a the run is for two weeks it really takes a year to make this happen you know a full year so we're we we, we don't know yet for sure what we're going to do next season we're thinking about it <laughs> so we'll stay tuned for that yeah yeah but in the meantime, if our listeners want more information about the Lady of the Camellias or about you, perhaps you'd like to reach out to you, how can they do that? You can reach me by email uh, at banderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-S-O-N, at shakespeare.downtown.org. And also the, the website, there's an info at shakespeare.downtown.org. Someone could, or uh, messages, we have a Facebook page. Um, for Shakespeare and Instagram page. So someone could reach me that way. Perfect. Well, Billy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and sharing this wonderful show and your wonderful company with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. My guest today has been the writer and performer, Billy Anderson, whose company, the Lower Manhattan Shakespeare Downtown Company, is presenting The Lady of the Camellias, June 15th through the 25th on a Thursday through Sunday at 6.30 p.m. schedule at Castle Clinton National Monument at the Battery. Tickets are available at the door at 5.45 p.m. on the day of the performance, and you can get more information about the company or about the shows by visiting shakespeardowntown.org. We also have some other contact and follow information that we will be posting on the episode description as well as on our social media. But in the meantime, make sure you rally with us down in Battery Park at Castle Clinton June 15th through the 25th to see the Lady of the Camellias. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, 
and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.